0: Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast by Worthy. I'm Jennifer Butler, and I'm your host. Have you ever looked back and wondered how you ever ended up in the type of relationship you were in? Ever wondered how the heck the relationship could have gotten as bad as it did? Or question your own patterns and wondered how you keep ending up in the same situation with the same type of person over and over again? If you've answered yes to any of these questions, you're not alone, and you're definitely going to want to tune into this episode. Carrie Davidson is back for her third episode in our four-part series, talking to us about the five personality types, and today we'll specifically focus on how understanding them can help you to avoid repeating patterns. How amazing would it be to never have to look back again and wonder, what was I thinking? If you haven't listened to the previous episodes with Carrie, I highly recommend going back and listening in. For now, though, we're going to take a short break and be back talking with Carrie Davidson. When you sell a piece of jewelry, you can't control how much it's worth, but you can make sure that you're selling smart with a team of experts and advocates behind you at Worthy. Your engagement ring can be a financial asset that allows you to embrace a new and fulfilling life after divorce. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Many of you know Carrie Davidson very well by now, but for those of you who don't, Carrie is the founder and CEO of Turn us All, the holistic health think tank collaborative in New York City, which combines frontier science and proven wisdom, empowering people and organizations. Welcome back, Carrie. This is our third episode in our four-part series. And as you know, I think as everyone knows now, I'm always happy to have the time to um, get into conversation with you and bring your wisdom to our listeners. So welcome.
1: Oh, thank you, Jen. I love doing this with you. So I appreciate it.
0: I was just thinking, too, because you and I spent some time talking offline, and I'm like, you know, maybe we should record these, too, because I think we end up with some really great conversations. I know, right? (laughs) So last time you were on, well, let's go over the last couple of times. So we've been talking about the five personality archetypes, and the first time we really got into what each was and the individual characteristics for each, last episode, we started talking about how... Those archetypes come in in how we relate to one another in our relationships. And this week, we're going to continue on that relational patterns, but we're really going to talk about how people can start applying this to their lives so they don't have to keep ending up in these relationships where they are like, oh my gosh, I did it again. How did I end up here? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's like, why again? So I guess let's just start, you know, for anyone who hasn't listened to those episodes, they can kind of tune in and go back. But as you're speaking today, I guess just include some of those facts about each type for anyone who's kind of just jumping in fresh here Mm
1: -hmm. uh, so that
0: they are, you know, they have some knowledge around what each archetype is. Okay, you got it. I guess let's just start with, you know, the unique characteristics that, we should really be aware of as we discuss this topic.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, it's funny when you talk about going around and making the same mistakes over and over again. We'll discuss a little bit about FIRE's tendency to do that. But um, I remember post-divorce, I specifically went to a therapist to talk about, like, how do I make sure I don't do this again? Is it me? Is it the guy? Like, what is this? I don't want to get into these patterns. So I love that we're talking about this today. And I hope that it really gives people some, some kind of skills and tools and and red flags kind of things to pay attention to that'll keep them out of those, those cycles. And we all have, you know, we all have our ways, which we'll <laughs> you'll hear about in a minute. But um, so these five types, fire, earth, metal, water, and wood – Uh, fiery people they are playful and earthy people love harmony and relationships and togetherness and metal likes rhythm and consistency to their relationships and water likes deep meaning and pausing and immersion and wood likes to explore they like adventure they like decision making let's do this So we all come to relationships with this very particular way of seeing the world, of seeing problem solving, of believing what's important um, and even, you know, how and why we get stressed out. So specifically, you know, some of these characteristics as far as like what to look for, right, in these relationship patterns or, you know, things specifically for fire revolve around kind of not wanting to fix anything, right? Because it gets too hard and it's not fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fire wants fun in their relationship. So when, you know, one way that you can start to to notice a fiery person is when they just kind of, you know, they're great and they show up when it's fun. And when the going gets tough, they're like, yeah, I have a party to go to instead. <laughs> <laughs> We
0: all have those types of people in our lives.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then we have, you know, earth people, earth people, they avoid conflict. You know, earth people don't feel comfortable. Um, also, when the going gets tough, they don't disappear. They don't want you to disappear, but they overplease you. So you don't you don't feel conflicted or you don't feel upset with them. hmm. Um, they just want to smooth it over. Everything should just be easy. Metal people can sometimes get stuck on what you did to them. Mm. And so they get stuck in the past and in the story and have a hard time moving through and seeing the potential for tomorrow. Well, tomorrow, you know, we'll probably be over this and we'll have a good day, but instead they, the conversation and a conflict revolves around what you did to me. (laughs) Right. And water, you know, water people you can notice by kind of, they, they disappear in a conflict, but they don't, you know, they go. We talked about this last week. It's like they go into their heads. They they philosophize and they think about it. They don't see the benefit in talking to you about it. Mm-hmm. Always, it's just safer in their mind. Mm-hmm. Wood people can um, they react quickly and very loudly. So they might sometimes get too angry to even notice what the other person needs or to stop and listen for a second. They just plow through it's like bull in a china shop right it's over and they're ready to move on and everyone else is sitting there going what just happened
0: (laughs) right so these are like the default almost like the sort of without thinking the unconscious way that these different types would sort of just react or or engage in any sort of conflict
1: yeah so these are examples of the five types in stress Okay. Great. Right? So imagine you're in a, you're in a relationship and there's a conflict or a or a disagreement. If you're feeling your best and you got good sleep and you've had good food and your digestion's working and you're exercising and you're self-aware and a conflict arises, you're probably better able to manage it without reacting. However, these are the reactive states. Got it. You can most identify the five types in their most intensely strong states, like what they bring to the party that's good, and in their most intense stress states, like how they get when they're at their wits end. Right. So those samples are like kind of, you're pushing my buttons, I don't feel safe right now, and I'm going to react.
0: Got it. Okay, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, you know, because like the complaints we'll hear or the what we'll read in our Facebook group are things like, you know, jealousy or over controlling or over protectiveness or, you know, things like that. Like those more sort of everyday language type complaints, you know, is like a specific type more likely to be the jealous type or the, you know, controlling type or that kind of thing. Yes, (laughs)
1: Yes, ma'am.
0: <laughs> Had a feeling you would say that.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. So again, these are these are our traits under stress. Right. So the same person who has the tendency to be more controlling or jealous, that just comes out when they don't feel secure or safe. Right or their needs are not taken care of, their physical needs for like physical health, their cognitive needs for listening and growing and learning and their spiritual needs. So when, when we don't feel safe and our needs aren't met, then these qualities come out. Each of the five has their, their fear that leads them to to these behaviors. So fire's biggest fear is losing love. Right. So fire loves attention. Fire loves you to look at them. <laughs> right. Fire is an entertainer. And they they crave and thrive on your your attention pretty much. And so their biggest fear is this loss of love. So, you know, somebody might say about a fire person that they're too flirty. They flirt with everybody mm. when in fact, what's going on in a fire person's mind is more around loving life and sharing that zest with everyone who who you know comes in their path right And just by the sparkle in their eye or the smile to to brighten your day. But to other people in the room, it can come <laughs> it can come across as, well, she's just flirting with every single guy. She's here on
0: a date with me gotcha okay yeah
1: so fire, that's fire earth's biggest fear is abandonment right so earth can kind of get overstuck in um, taking care of everybody's needs and they can't make a decision and they they could get to the point where they they get stuck at home mm-hmm. right they don't even want to go out they don't want to engage they are lovely teachers and caregivers. But, um, you know, in overwhelm, when they're afraid of abandonment, they hold on too long. These are the ones that like, oh, they won't, they just won't stop talking. Right? Give me some space. I feel suffocated by this person. Right. You can overdo it. So that's kind of the complaints of the people around, you know, around an earth person is that they're just too overbearing. Mm. Like they do. It's not fun anymore. It's just like, oh, they just want to talk all the time and they're so needy. So then you have metal, metal people, their biggest fear in the world is making a mistake or being wrong. And you know, so they tend to be overcritical and overjudgmental when they are, when they are in their stress states. Okay. So they're kind of the opposite of fire. They're the Debbie Downer when they're not feeling great, right? So they have a tendency to to dampen the fun. Okay. Because you know, fire wants fun, and fire doesn't want any rules. And metal is the keeper of the rules. Right. Right. So. <laughs> Under stress, right? The other ones might envision or they might criticize metal people for being too critical or too much of a stickler for the rules. Like on a date, you know, a metal person would get really mad and probably not see you again if you were late. Mm. You know, so they're about the rules and being on time, and there's just Standards for how you behave on a date, and and who drives the furthest, and like there's all these rules, right? Yeah. So they can kind of be criticized for being too rigid. Mm -hmm. Then you have water. Water's biggest fear, you know, around in relationships can lean towards not being understood. You know, their gift to the world is understanding everything and being wise and knowing everything, but it happens because because of this vast imagination and capacity in their minds to understand, right? So that same vastness can lead to feeling alone and isolating too much mm-hmm. and wondering if anyone even understands you at all. So uh, th- those other types of um, would maybe see, um, a stressed out water person as someone who ignores you, someone who doesn't care, someone who's snobby, like too, too cool to talk to me. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Who too cool to show up at the party, but really what's going on inside a water person is they don't, they don't really feel comfortable in social situations. They, they like one-on-one, they like to, To really have these deep conversations with you at home. Right.
0: You know, but they
1: can come off as these, as like the people, what is it called, ghosting these days? Oh, yeah.
0: Yep, exactly. Yeah. You know, oh, they're not talking
1: to me. Well, they're retreating because they feel, they feel too much. They feel like you're
0: too much. You want to talk too much. (laughs) Right. Interesting.
1: Yeah. So then would... The so wood is you know, their biggest fear is confinement. So imagine what that's like in a relationship, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard because, like, dude, I need my space if i'm a, if I'm a wood person. And sometimes when they are stressed out, it's it's like my way or the highway. And they have a hard time. Compromising or or collaborating mm-hmm. or cooperating, you know they're the opposite of Earth who just wants unity and community and can be overbearing in that way, right but yeah, wood people i I work with a lot of wood people who like long distance relationships, and that's the only type of relationship they like. And it makes sense because they've got a lot of space. They can control how much time they spend seeing each other.
0: Uh-huh.
1: But yeah, these people can be can be pushy and argumentative um, when they're not feeling their best. And that can be hard in a relationship when when someone else in the relationship wants to compromise or wants to solve problems
0: and have everyone's opinions be heard. Absolutely. This is so interesting. I mean, it's it's so interesting to see, you know, the biggest fear, because I do think that we each uniquely have, you know, our kind of worst case scenario, right? That thing we go to, the worst thing that could absolutely happen, or, oh my gosh, you know, if I do this, I'm going to die type fear. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting to see like how unique each one is to each personality type.
1: Very much. And sometimes they're conflicting. Mm. Right. Right. So like you as an earth person, you want togetherness and a wood person wants to be alone. And so if you are in a relationship, that can be, it can be a challenge.
0: Right. Absolutely. The, you know, the nagging, you know, the common complaint of the person who's nagging and the person who's withdrawing. Right. hmm. Absolutely. So interesting. Okay. So I think let's take a break here. And then when we come back. Let's kind of dive in, still looking at these patterns, but looking at them in this way of recognizing them and that goal of avoiding them. You got it. When I decided to sell my jewelry after my divorce, the most important thing to me was finding a company that I could trust and one that would also advocate for me. I found this and so much more at Worthy their expert staff immediately put me at ease and helped me to get the best price possible for my jewelry. Your engagement ring can be a symbol of your freedom, your journey, and the choices you have made to live your life on your terms and create the future you desire. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. We are back talking with Carrie Davidson, and we are discussing the five personality archetypes and how to apply those in your life so that you can recognize patterns and never have to look back and say, oh my gosh, how did I end up here again? So (laughs) we were chatting about really, you know, each type their biggest fear and how that shows up, how they show up when they're feeling stressed and that fear has really been triggered. And so now let's start chatting about, you know, the recognition of these patterns so that we can start learning how to avoid repeating the same thing over and over.
1: Mm -hmm. So as I've mentioned, conflict comes up when we are not having our needs met, when we don't feel safe, when we don't feel good. And it's important to recognize that about yourself and do some self-care and self-evaluation, make sure that you're strong.
0: Right. And I, I wanted to say that too. I think that as we're talking about this, it's important for us to just kind of highlight, you can meet your own needs and make sure that you're being taken care of. It's not necessarily the relationship where you're going to get your needs met.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. We get we get into some trouble in that space. Yeah. I'm kind of guilty of that in the past. <laughs>
0: so. Actually, we all are. We all are.
1: <laughs> so understanding these patterns so that we can avoid them in these conflicting states and in these challenging states for us, you know, fire fire just gives up. You know, Earth blames themselves. What did I do wrong? Right? Because I'm such a caregiver. How could anyone want to leave? Mm-hmm. And you know, metal gets stuck on the past and stuck on their stories and stuck on, you know, being wrong. Who's wrong? You know, water water fears the future. Water's like, no one ever understands me. How is how am I ever gonna have a successful relationship? You know, and, and wood would just wants to plow through. Wood gets kind of angry and can say, you know, you know what.
0: Right. <laughs> bye
1: <Bye-bye>. bye. <laughs> right. So in those states, no one can really solve problems, right? Right. And in order to like avoid repeating our stuff, you know, it's it's important to understand that in these relationships there's two people right and to in order to move through and have this model work for you this model assumes two healthy people who want to grow right and that means two healthy people who are not coming in um thinking well someone's going to win and someone's going to lose and someone's right and someone's wrong so the mindset has to be wow this conflict kind of feels like crap I love this other person or I care about this other person. How can we look at it and both grow and both learn something?
0: Absolutely.
1: That's when it works the best because there's definitely a fine line between empathizing with yours and your partner's needs and martyrdom. Right, I'm not suggesting that we totally give up everything we need to take care of and recognize the other person's needs in their conflict states. So definitely, you know, sometimes we need outside help. Mm-hmm. But there's, you know, there's three key skills for building this emotional resilience so you don't get into these these patterns. And it starts with self awareness. And from the five elements methodology, it's you know, who, which is my which is my primary type. And it's easy to become self-aware and self-conscious when you understand your strength states and your stress states. Right. And then self-regulate. Sometimes it's in the moment. Sometimes it's take a breath, listen to yourself, take a walk. Nothing is an emergency unless it's really an emergency and then go to the hospital. Right. <laughs> you know, we're not in the best headspace to avoid our patterns. Right. If we are just in our reactionary modes. So take the time, like you said, take care of yourself and for the long haul so that you build a a foundation of resilience to these stress triggers. But also, you know, in the moment, you don't need to react. And then build empathy. So, like, understand who is your partner of these five types. Learn how to recognize their stress states and be able to stop in the moment and say, "Oh, my wood partner's expressing anger right now. Mm-hmm. He's not feeling safe or she's not feeling safe. It's not the time to try to to you know solve this major problem
0: yeah, and so as you're speaking, you know some of these like so self-awareness, self-regulation and empathy these are skills that maybe some of our listeners just haven't learned yet. I feel like, you know, self regulation is something it's like a life skill that not everybody learned. And that's okay. I think it's just kind of the willingness to say, okay, I'm not very good at this, or I don't really even know how to do this. But I can learn. Exactly. I mean, I it took me a long time, and I'm
1: still working on it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easier to be a victim. than it is to take some level of responsibility for moving things forward in a different direction. It's really hard.
0: Absolutely. And I think the first time I heard the term self-regulation, I don't even think I really understood what that meant and that it was even something I was supposed to be doing, right? And so these simple concepts that just seem like, oh, of course, I shouldn't react, I should be regulating myself – you know, they're, they can be foreign and, and they can just be something, like I said, that you just need to learn. It is. I mean, it's not part of our formal education. It's not
1: part of health education. We learn very little about mental health, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so we get thrown into the most important parts of our lives, which are our relationships, our love relationships and our work relationships. And we just sit there and a lot of times suffer right in confusion and wondering, am I doing something wrong? <laughs> We're like, what is going on? Right. And then we just, you know, marriages dissolve and and work situations start to stink and we don't learn how to self-reflect and then balance
0: our own selves.
1: Mm-hmm. So you get this skill and it's a super important one.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I totally took you sidetracked. So (laughs) I bring you back. I don't know if you were finished with talking about the emotional resilience piece
1: yeah I think it's a it's an important point, you know, as we go through these five types and their patterns and their and how we get into um our problem areas, it's important to recognize how much control this gives us over how we feel and how how we move through our conflicts.
0: So let's kind of talk about red flags, right because I feel like this is kind of a buzz term, as it should be. I think that a lot of times we will kind of go throughout our day, we're dating, we're getting into relationships, we're kind of seeing what we want to see, we're missing those quote unquote red flags. So how does this sort of these patterns and and seeing these patterns in this way correlate with us being able to spot red flags? So these red flags, Are things that you can work
1: on recognizing in yourself depending on which is your primary of the five types but also you should know all five of them so that you can start to recognize them in the people you're dating or a person you're married to or people other people in your life so that you can start also recognizing when the the other people in your life are in these states of overwhelm and then you can make decisions from from that knowing okay you know, Molly is not feeling great now. It's not time for her to make this big decision or be creative or solve a problem or fall in love. So here are, are the five kind of red flags. Each of the five can kind of get addicted to a behavior when they're not balanced and they can find meaning only in this one thing. And when that happens, it's a pretty, you know, strong red flag or a a viewpoint into being able to see that they're they're not able to find meaning in things that maybe you might find meaning in. And they, they it's harder for them to balance out their ability to be in a relationship and to be strong. Okay. So fire people get addicted to pleasure. So if fire only finds you know finds pleasure in pleasure right then they're constantly needing excitement in their lives they don't see the value in quieting down uh-huh they don't see the value in exploring deep meaning with you or sitting down and having a quiet lunch it's not fun and and they can more easily burn out because when you stop providing pleasure when it's not fun anymore they're out right so that's a red flag when your partner is a fire person or when you're the fire person and you're really only being driven by this massive sense of excitement and pleasure. Just take a step back, you know, and kind of see if you can balance that out because it's, it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. So then we have earth. Earth people become addicted to being in relationships. Right. So if an earth person becomes so stuck on taking care of someone else in a relationship that they start to avoid taking care of themselves, that's a red flag because eventually they'll either get sick, you know, or they'll get sick of you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) so again it's not the most sustainable situation but you should take a look like are you dating an earth person who's constantly cooking for you and bringing over food and constantly making your life easier and going out of their way to help you and meanwhile you see like he or she is starting to look disheveled (laughs) right you know, make sure that they're taking care of themselves, too, because that's a more sustainable relationship.
0: That makes sense.
1: Yeah. So a metal person becomes addicted to being right. So they kind of become addicted to the rules. So they almost become like, you know, it's the forest for the trees. They get so focused on the detail of every limb on every tree You know, that they lose sight of the bigger picture, that they hold the relationship back from any kind of growth or adventure or bigger opportunity or just plain fun. Mm -hmm. So if you have someone, if you're either a metal person or you're dating a metal person who's really rigidly, you know, focused on expectations and timing and details and values. I mean certainly values are important, but like over over focused and you feel like it's holding the relationship back, that's a red flag. It's something to look at. It's something to see well what you know what is my metal partner or me as a metal person. What am I not getting that I need that I feel the need to over control? Right. Okay. So what are people you know, when water people think too much, they can get, right, they can get addicted to thinking, actually. Um, they love being in their mind. They love their fantasy worlds. And sometimes they can get so stuck in their minds that they don't come out and, and see the benefit of sharing their their brilliant ideas with you. They don't want to come out and have dinner. They don't want to, they don't really want to connect. They love quiet time, but too much quiet time. And so when you notice your water partner is just spending too much time alone or doesn't want to talk when you're around, just likes you just sitting there too much, that's an opportunity to say, hey, like what else is going on here? Are you, you know, are you feeling, is there something you're not getting? Is there something you need in this relationship? And um, if you know, at the same time, if you're the water person and you're not engaging, what's going on for you? It's an opportunity to take a look inside. Right. So wood would people can get addicted to winning, and so that can be you know in relationships it could be the excitement of um what is it calling the excitement the chase. of the chase. yeah. yeah. So it can be like, I just wanted to win. And now I'm going to go win something else. (laughs) Right. And also it could be in a relationship needing to win every argument, Mm -hmm. right? Or needing to win the decision for where we go all the time. You know, it's someone who's too over the top about needing to win. It's That's also kind of a red flag that, you know, what's, what's not being met in this person's life? What do they need? What's missing? So those are kind of the five red flags for each.
0: What I love about the way you're discussing the red flags in this paradigm is it's relational. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of times when you think about red flags, it's very like, Oh, well, he didn't pull the chair out for me. Or, oh, well, she, I don't know, didn't stop talking. Whatever. It's like, you know what I mean? They're very like, there's something wrong with that person. Whereas you are discussing red flags in this really in dynamics between two people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's what they are. I love that you were you used dynamics because these are
0: so dynamic. They are
1: always changing in context. And we're never fixed into a into a spot where we can't be, we can't grow or we can't learn, you know, this is a model for seeing yourself as an unfolding story constantly. And this is kind of this, you know, this really cool guide that you can always plug yourself into and your certain situation into and kind of say, oh, this is my perspective and this is his perspective. Mm hmm. And we are we are close to our stress states or we're really far in our strength states. And that's why it's working. Right. In those moments, you really don't get so caught up on the on the fixed details of whether or not he pulled out your chair. Instead, you understand that he's a fire person. He is so caught up in how damn gorgeous that dress is on you and how amazing your eyes look tonight that he can't think of anything else. Right. Right. so so yeah it's always changing always dynamic and and always a very positive way to see the world
0: yeah absolutely and just how much we really influence one another depending on where we're centered in our strength or or, our stress
1: exactly exactly because you could just be being your best self in your mind and your best self is naturally uncomfortable for another type or two
0: so powerful. I love that. Okay, so any archetype combinations that absolutely should be avoided? <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> oh goodness. Well, so our challenging types are also our teachers. Right. So, if you're feeling, you know, non-reactive and you're feeling strong and you're choosing to reflect and learn from conflict, you know, you're going to flourish with any of your challengers or any of your nurturing types, right? And the t- funny thing is is that we actually do crave our challengers. Mm-hmm. For example, like as a fire person, I really need to be alone sometimes, right? I need water activities or I'm going to burn out. And I need structure, which is metal, or else I am just all over the place with no direction, right? But if we're not putting... The work in and that goes for like both parties in a couple if people are not doing the you know being self-reflective self-aware and doing the self-balancing behaviors it's going to be really hard for us to be in those challenging relationships and those are fire with metal or water right because naturally in their in their stress states Fire people, you know, get too bubbly and too silly and too excitable and too dramatic. Right. Metal people become too rigid. Right. And water people become, you know, too invisible. So those combinations and stress just are, they probably won't even see each other in a room. They're so polar opposites. So Earth has that with water and wood. Mm -hmm. And metal has that with um, wood and fire water has it with earth and fire and wood has it with earth and metal okay those are the the chat the button pusher relationships that you know in a really strong state where you feel good about yourself and and you believe in who you are and you know how to self-regulate and recognize when you're going into stress those types actually help you. They really help you grow. And a lot of times, um, some of the most wonderful lasting relationships are between those two challengers. But you both have to be ready with your, you know, the hats on that are all about like, I'm in this to work together. And it's not in it to win it. It's in it to grow together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like that across the board, for any successful and healthy relationship really is being in it to grow and learn and and discover one another. Yeah, absolutely. Because it can be so rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. So awesome. Okay, so is there anything we missed or anything else you want to share before we say goodbye for today?
1: Um. You know, just driving home the idea that the one person you can control is you and the more self-conscious you can be in the moment and recognize when you're going into your stress states without judging yourself. It's not about judging. Right. It's all about a process and a journey, you know, to growing constantly. And, um, the more you can be in that space, the better partner you're going to be to anyone. And the more quickly you're going to call someone on their, you know, on their, mm -mm, and you won't, you won't let, you won't let
0: that stuff into your life anymore. So powerful. Thank you so much again. How can our listeners follow up with you?
1: So you can find me on my website, www.tornesolwellness.com
0: T-O-U-R-N-E-S-O-L
1: wellness.com.
0: Perfect. Thank you Perfect. again for being here with us. I am looking forward to having you back for our last episode. Thanks, Jen. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and other things you can handle in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. This podcast is for you, so email us at podcast@worthy.com with any questions or ideas that you may have. We look forward to hearing from you.